Hello, everyone, and welcome to a uh, segmented edition of the Dodgeball Podcast. This segment includes the crowdsource questions with uh, Tony Stumpo. Um, pretty sure this whole segment was about 45 minutes to an hour or so. For those of you that just wanted to skip to uh, what I think was the best part of the interview, um, here it is. Well, and I think what we'll do is um, we might bring us up into a segment too. Um, I did that with, I think it was like a mayonnaise story with uh, Brett Hadwin. And uh, man, that got played so many times. Um, I think almost <laughs> more than the actual interview itself. So um, kind of using you as a guinea pig for a couple things. But um, I guess what we'll do is we'll just jump into the crowdsource questions. Uh, before we do that though, when we recorded the, we re-recorded the uh, North OG panel part two. Um, I asked the guys um, just because I planned this, like this was going to happen. So I was like, is there anything I should know about regarding uh, my interview with, with, with Tony? And they said, yes, be sure you ask about the alien abduction story, which I'm probably not going to like. I challenge that one's like, not ringing a bell. Well, we'll, we'll save that one for last. Maybe I'm wondering if they're, they're mixing that up or if anybody's listening live, like, text me or message me like what that one is to jar my memory alien they got to be mixing up something if it comes to you let me know i am terrified of aliens and uh the fact that the pentagon just straight up admitted that they're real should be more concerning than it is for most people i don't know if you if you caught that but yeah we just like glossed over it yeah, they literally right. said... We were like, no, well, like, COVID's still here, so, like, who cares about that right now? Like, we'll get to the aliens later. They're probably not going to bother us because we have a pandemic going on. It's not even just that. It's just the fact that the the Pentagon said straight up, we have stuff that's of material not from this earth. Like, okay? Like, no one else cares about this. Please, let's continue to worry about uh, Kanye going for president and all the dumb stuff Trump says or anything else, but... Nah, not the aliens. Um, well, well, we'll pocket that one in case somebody chimes in, gives us a hint on what that's about. That was a couple months ago, so to be fair for the the OG guys. Um, can you tell me about the challenging Glenn for pinch, 1v1 for power, though? Okay, so this was from, I want to say, like 2014. Um, they had this... Um, we had the backyard tournament in Chicago and Kelvin and I drove down for it. And um, it was one of those tournaments where, you know, we drew names out of a hat, ranked everybody and then like drew names out of a hat to have sort of even teams. Um, and <laughs> it was a foam tournament. It was fine. Like we all had fun and like you're encouraged, like, Hey, like we were drinking while we were playing. Cause it was just a tournament for fun. And um, like 14 Guinnesses later, um, the, the parties died down, the tournament's over, we're all chilling. And um, I kept just poking Glenn and I'm like, let's go like one V one pinch. Let's go, let's go. And like, I think he, uh, he probably would have ended me that night. Cause I don't even think I could see straight um, at that point. Um, and I remember Kelvin was like, yeah, you should like, just be careful, like challenging Glenn and stuff like that. Cause I think like, man, he, you know, he takes this stuff like, really seriously. And even something like that, I think he would like go a hundred, you know, percent. I was like, I ain't scared. I ain't scared. And like, I just, and every like tournament I see him after that, people would be like, when is it going? When's it happening? And like, to this day, it's never happened. But like, I just kept, we're, we're like two hours post tournament and I'm still just like, let's go, let's go. It's dark. It's pitch black. We're in a hot tub. Come on, Glenn. <laughs> and like, 
he just, yeah, he, he shrugged it off. I mean, but um, we've joked about it since and still haven't made it happen. Oh man, this has to happen then at some point. I mean, you, the challenge was issued, so it's true. Yeah. I've, oh man, beer, beer and challenges. Those, those are the best. I was sponsored by Guinness that tournament and uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you issued any other alcohol induced challenges that you're willing to uh, share with us? No, or at least one of the mildest I ones. I don't think so. I don't think I've, I don't know. I used to challenge one of my older bosses, former bosses to feats of strength. And, um, on the day I had to deliver, I actually made it, uh, it was a race. I think it was like maybe about 200 yards over and back. And, uh, I won and I was sore for like three days, but mission accomplished. <laughs> so I don't know, some alcohol and dodgeball players and issuing challenges that just, you just wouldn't do under normal circumstances, I guess. But, um, I do hope that one day we will see the outcome of this, um, hopefully soon. And uh, I guess good of Glenn for not destroying you because that guy wants to talk about people who don't have off switches. Uh, I think Glenn's one of them. Exactly. That's why, yeah, the next morning I was like, man, I'm glad he declined. But then I, I didn't let it go. Like I said, every tournament, even sober after that, I was like, let's, yeah, let's roll, Glenn. Come on. Yeah, to own up to it. Yeah. It was funny. So. Well, Felix uh, chimed in. Uh, I think he was trolling with the alien abduction story, so he got us both. And if that's if that's the case, then well, well played, Felix. What an a hole! I was, uh, as I said, I'm I'm very much terrified of the Greys. I don't know why. I just have this unnatural fear of them, and so it's kind of like I don't know if I want to talk about that because I'm going to stay up all night if you actually got abducted and can can vouch for that. So. Felix's trolling is on another level. So yeah, I it really mean, is. of course he would do something like that just to get us talking about some stupid story that never actually happened or, or me trying to like remember something and then, yeah. Yeah. Well played, sir. Um, speaking of trolling, he also mentioned, or they also mentioned Gamescock, Gamecock's prank on Dynasty. I don't know if that rings a bell. So, I mean, the first one I think everybody knows about the Dynasty branded uh, like condoms from mm-hmm. Nationals 2018. Um, but last year... Felix like went all like CIA agent on us and like he figured out where exactly our Airbnb was and like sent us pictures before we got there of our Airbnb. And so now we're like, well, God, he knows where we're all at because Kraken and Dynasty, we all stayed at one Airbnb together. And so like we were all terrified, like, what's he going to do? Um, and I remember Paul was panicking a little bit because it was in his name, like, whatever you do, like they better not break anything or whatever. And Felix was like, Oh, don't worry. Like you have assurances. We all like Paul, like we're not going to damage anything and stuff, but you know, you'll see, you'll see. And it ended up just being like this big mental mind, you know, trying not to swear. On yeah, the I appreciate podcast, you catching the, you know? uh, the F-bomb there. Yeah. But you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. so like, it was just like a, a psychological thing where like the whole time we had like, you know, our, our, we're looking over our shoulders, even like peacefully sitting at our Airbnb, like after the tournament one day or one night or whatever, we're just like, you know, expecting something to happen. And then it never did. And that was their whole thing was just like making us think and making us paranoid for four days. Freaking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I love the one where it was the, uh, last year's the last or 2018. It was basically, um, they had pranked, uh, what's his face, Kevin Bailey. They said it was his birthday on the plane. Oh, on the flight home? 
Yeah, that was really good too. Oh man, there's there's footage of that in case anybody wants to know on uh, this week in American Dodgeball. We did like a just for fun type of like sports center recap, and we had that segment as narrated by Felix, which is perfect. So I know I always say this. I'll drop it in the comments, but if I remember, I'll drop it in the comments. <laughs> um. I'll, I'll save the curveball for later because that's the next one I've got teed up. But for now, we will just go into Markel Stokes' question, which is um, we'll just make this a singular one. So what was the hardest game to ref so far? So I don't have a singular game, but that that's kind of an easy one to answer. Um, they Dodgeball Nation, when they were still um, an organization, hosted oh, a 20K tournament uh, in Detroit. They needed refs, and that was right when I was like starting to get into dodgeball and like wanted to take it to the next level. And I ended up volunteering to ref. Um, I mean, it was a paid gig. So, and I was going to be on the East side of the state anyway. Um, and just reffing that whole tournament. Cause I was very green still. Like I hadn't really played competitive dodgeball. I played like a year of rec league. Um, and then to go to a tournament with that much on the line and, and ref was pretty stressful. I mean, I remember I was getting like yelled at game one of round Robin. And I was just like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. And, uh, and it just, you know, I, it got better as the day went on, but like refing the finals, which went to a game seven, Doom versus Fluorescence, like came down to like a two on one that then swung the other way on a catch for one of Doom's players. Like it was just stressful knowing what was on the line and knowing like how new I was at the sport. And, and that was my first experience of refing where it's like, yeah, people aren't afraid to, to give you the business. So dang. I try to think of my most stressful refing moment. And that was the NDL, and it was ten. It was three K on the line. I couldn't even. So was it twenty K? Got the entire for first place. They got the entire twenty K, or that was well. Split second between. and third did get prizes, but the twenty K was for the for first place. I think it was twenty K. I don't think it was twenty five. Um, Jeez. But yeah, that's a that's one thing. I'm gonna make a little note because that's a Dodgeball Nation is something we don't really talk about much on the podcast it's mentioned in briefly but that is a whole nother um entity that was really pushing dodgeball for a while and kind of showing the world that there's more to there's more competent dodgeball out there versus the ndl um so thanks for that little side note there um man i don't i don't envy you especially i think it's doom but like when, when the competition is that high, you really can't, uh, you can't screw up, especially if there's that much money on the line. Good Lord. Yeah. And I think, uh, uh, Mark says Ravi, uh, from Canada. We're cool. Now we're friends. We've talked at tournaments since like I made a bad call on him and I can admit it now, like, um, ball bounced in front of him. I was kind of behind him on an angle a little bit and called him out anyway. And, uh, he let me have it for the rest of the day pretty much. Uh, so um, that was, he was like in a one V four, one V three against pow. Um, and I ended up calling him out and I was definitely in the wrong and was just like this freaking guy, like leave me alone and just let it go. I, I, I ended up being wrong. I mean, I know I, after the fact there were people like on the other side of the court, like pointing their finger at the ground and stuff. But like, I was like, stick to your call. You have to stick to your call. You can't be pressured into changing it. So that was like my first lesson in that. Yeah, I mean, try being in your shoes. Like, it's refing is tough. It's hard enough as it is, just even on a rec level. People get all crazy. Can't imagine this 20K on the line. You just got to ride around. You just got to make that call and stick with it. Unless there's were there other people to help you out, or was it just you by yourself? 
No, we definitely, um, well, we had two guys on every court and then for the finals and stuff, we, um, air quotes, like staffed up, we had like three, four people helping out. Um, so that one was really unique. It was like played in a cage. Um, so it was kind of, some things were hard to tell if like somebody was in the corner and the ball, like skimmed the cage before it hit them, like ticky tack, things like that were tough, but, um, it, it was a really fun experience, uh, to see that dodgeball at that level when you're just starting to like want to get into it more and, and you think you're kind of good. And then you see a team like doom and you're like, man, you suck. <laughs> and when I say, I mean me, not them. Like, you know, I thought I was okay at the time. And then I was like, I got a lot to learn. Yeah. They were, they were something else. Um, still, even, even the players that still play are, are pretty, pretty gnarly. Um, so my comment was more of a reminder to discuss this, and I'm still trying to figure out where to put it. I'm just going to save it towards the end. Okay. So that's what that comment – basically, I asked, what about the dynasty comment made you want to move this up? So uh, good job, Pass Damon. Gotcha. Um, these will be fun. So Felix Peroni, speaking of trolls, uh, he asks this crazy question of, would you rather eat 17 bananas at the morning of a dodgeball tournament or – drink nothing but hot RC cola from the time you get to the gym in the morning to the time you leave the gym at night. So the fact that he said hot, like he thinks of everything with these situations. Yeah. I like RC cola. I think it's underrated as a cola. Um, but I'm going with 17 bananas. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that gives me enough energy and enough potassium to where I'm not going to cramp. Like I'm, I, I definitely got to try to choke down 17 bananas. Yeah, he doesn't say like you have to eat them all. You know, you could expand that morning. You know, a banana every ten minutes. I think I'd be able to space them out. Like I said, I can't ever sleep before a tournament anyway, so I think I'd have like three hours to to space them out before the tournament even started. Yeah, the so the way we play nowadays, all day dodgeball tournament, drinking nothing but hot RC cola, you're you're gonna die. Like you're just gonna <laughs> you're gonna pass up kidney stones by by the night's end. Um, yeah, I guess that wasn't that bad. Um, Freaking Felix, and then Sergio Leone asked, "Who hurt you?" Um, I don't think anybody hurt Felix. I think he's just—that's just what he does. He, that's his element. Let's see. Markel Stokes asked, "What is your tournament ritual? What do you do before a tournament? You tape courts, kind of cover that. You also don't sleep. Um, you do try to steal away when you can." Um, let's see. I'm also reading off the actual Facebook thread in case you. I'll scroll yeah, up there I can me. see that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Felix Pony asks, do you think you could do it without Colin O'Brien? What does that mean? So when Glenn transitioned over to the West and then the, um, Colin and I took over the North running here, um, just like a two man team. Uh, so I, I, I want to say yes, but if I'm being honest, probably not. Um, Colin does a lot like, you know, him and Mark, he, when we came on board, like I definitely took over more of like the day-to-day stuff. So that's why I want to say like, yes, but Colin was always working with Mark on all the big picture things. And also he came up with like the whole scheduling program and stuff. And that's why as soon as I, you know, knew I'd be transitioning into that role, I was like, well, I, you know, I want Colin to be a part of this too. And I think he was already tracking towards that without me saying anything. So it just made it that much easier because he had come up with like the, the whole scheduling and stuff. And that made it so much easier for us um so i'd say like yes but it'd be super hard gotcha when he says it um that means what run the north 
I'm guessing that's what he means. That that's the way I interpreted it. Um, <laughs> so that's the way I answered it. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess a side shout out to uh, to Colin there for being for being helpful. Um, Hunter Ford asks, "How much did you receive in royalties from the Seattle hockey team?" I don't. I don't Our get lawyers that. really screwed us on this one. Um, oh, duh. Okay, I got yeah, it. The but, new Kraken, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we don't get. I'm hoping we, you know, maybe we try to work with our social media people. We get, get them on board with the Air Stumpo brand and we kind of collaborate. Maybe we, we get Kraken flown out there and put in a box for a game. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I wonder, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you guys have any we grounds to stand We blew it by now. not trademarking it. Yeah, they, they got the money. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I mean, if you get their attention, you know, Bad press is, is good press, I guess, for dodgeball anyway. Um, Jeremy Bizzle asks, what is the hardest hit you have ever taken or seen? So what's the hardest hit you've ever taken, first of all? I don't want to do this. I don't want to answer this question because I don't want to give credit to the asshole, but it was probably the hit that Kevin put on me at Nationals this past year. The one that I alluded to earlier that I got turned into a gift for. Um yeah, he blew my ass up in the chest. <laughs> is this uh, is this what? So on on the thread, Collins just says I can answer this one. It, that's that gif. Um, and I feel like I joked with Bizzle about because I I was like I think Bizzle knows that um, like one it I feel like his coming out tournament um as like oh crap like Bizzle's like better than we better than I remember um was at round two in twenty seventeen and. And I know it especially opened my eyes because Bizzle like destroyed me with a throw. Um, and I was just like, holy crap, I didn't know he threw that hard. And um, so Bizzle's is probably second, <laughs> but it, unfortunately it's Kevin's. Um, and uh, <laughs> otherwise, if it ain't Kevin's because that's the hardest, the worst hit I ever took was unfortunately round one, 2016, Marshall Winterbotham just about blinded um, He had just made a catch and I remember I tried to, like, I had two balls and I threw a ball to my teammate, but I turned to like, look at my teammate to make sure it got there. And I never got my face turned back around. And all of a sudden I was just, I got blasted in the eye hmm. by a pinch that was in pinch too. Um, and it like knocked my contact out and I had to sit out like the next like three matches. Cause I, my eye was so swelled. I couldn't get my contact back in. Jeez. Marshall, uh, Winterbotham, that guy's nice guy. I, I can't see him causing pain for anybody but uh yeah i mean and and not to i don't know if he hulked up on that throw or what i don't know <laughs> but jesus there's a side to him we, we didn't know maybe um better watch that guy i love how the video got nine reactions um yeah the gif of kevin did so it got more like reactions than the actual comments i think so um and i just see you fly across the screen so that's uh Yikes. Uh, <laughs> I was backpedaling as it is. I guess that's fair. I, I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't say you were flying across the screen. I just... Yeah, jeez, come on. Let's not give Kevin that much credit. I saw what I saw. Um, let's see. <laughs> Jeremy Bizzle says, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, you say, man, if you... Pretty funny exchange going on. You see... Apparently, if you look hard enough, you can see Miles saying, oh, crap. Or, oh, that's H-word yeah. on the court. His reaction, because everybody kind of saw it and was like, well, it, like Mark Akam in the Nationals recap podcast, I mean, he talked specifically about that hit 
um, because of how hard it, it was. And that's, that goes back to my, you know, kitty games down the street. You know, that's why I, I think pinch, like those are the hits that people want to see. I mean, I don't want to see myself on the, that end of it again, but if a crowd was there, that's the kind of hit that to end a point that makes the crowd go, Ooh, or, ah, and like, you know, yeah, that's what people want to see, man. I remember, um, it was an elite practice and Andrew Ketchum lit up Mark Acomb just practice like, you know, no, nothing on the line. And, uh, that thing, I think not only made its rounds, but made it to the Huffington post. I think, um, I mean, sorry, Mark, but people want to see that. And I, I think oh, Mark knows yeah. that too. That was a long yeah, time that, ago. That was like one of the first, that was like the first brutal headshot video. Yep. Um, and yeah, that thing, I don't know if it quite went viral, but you know, going viral now is different than it was back, back in then. like 2013, 2014, whenever that was. But yeah, that, that, that shot. It was gnarly. And, but it's circulated for a reason. And people, you know, in the comments like, Oh man, what a, what a hard hit. Or I, I could, I could catch that ball or, you know, just whatever threads and comments galore. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, people I, are like, well, why didn't he try to move? It's like, dude, that was a 70 mile an hour like, throw from 20 feet, man. <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? You think Mark was just like, oh yes, I will catch this with my face. I, there's nothing I can do. Um, just don't have time to think about that stuff. Why didn't he move? Um, so this is a good good question. This might actually help expedite the ending. So Felix Peroni says, genuine question. How much longer do you think you'll be playing? Has your body started to give up on you? I'm only a few years behind you, so I'm curious when I can expect my own retirement from the game. Oh, boy, that's a question I've been asking myself a lot more lately, especially now because we're not we're not playing. So, you know, you wonder like, okay, well, next year is pretty far away still. What's it going to look like? Or, you know, from a fitness, just overall health perspective, about to be 35 in a couple months. I still feel good. I still feel like I could play for a couple more years. So um, I think I'm probably taking care of my body better than I did when I first started playing, honestly. Um, so, you know, like I said, I think me not playing baseball growing up has kept my shoulder wear and tear to a minimum. So I always joke and say, yeah, I'm 35, but my shoulder's only 25. And hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it just kind of happens fast where like the athleticism or the, the, the you know, youthfulness just kind of drains overnight for some people. I hope that's not for me, but I, I still feel like I could go for another five years at least. Nice. I mean, see if the, the lifestyle or, you know, I mean, if life dictates that I don't go for five more years, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. It's kind of hard when you can't access a gym right now or play. Um, I feel like oh, my gym's open. Well, it must be nice. Arizona is killing it right now with COVID. We're just, we just love, we love us our COVID. So, but, um, I mean, it, it's hard. He's like, if you're not constantly playing, you know, the body, I just, I feel like it would just age faster versus, um, being able to play a couple times a week. And like you said, you kind of have to take better care of yourself the older you get versus, you know, being able to just recover like it's nothing in your early twenties. Um, should I mean, be- this layoff for some of us that, you know, we've been forced to take a little bit of a break and it might be the best thing that's happened to our shoulders in a long time, you know, you know, um, I mean, I'll probably start throw. I really honestly haven't thrown since March. Anything and I think that's probably a good thing. It'll just take a little while to build, you know, what little arm strength I had back up. <laughs> um, but I think 
taking that long off could actually be a good thing for some of us, you know, to extend our careers from it's, it's almost like a running back who, you know, like Le'Veon Bell took a whole year off and and came back. Um, didn't put up great stats, but he played on not a great team. Um, you know, but I feel like, okay, this maybe extends it, you know, obviously none of us are getting younger, but healing up a bit, I think. Yeah, that's actually uh that's a good way to put it. That's a much better way to look at it than uh this sucks. It's glass half full kind of thing. Right. Um Shadi Drakeford just mentioned the comments. Uh Felix, aren't you a few years behind him? You're in your thirties, he's in his forties. Tony's showing us the blueprint of youthfulness. Um I'm glad you said you're thirty five. I was like, there's no way you're forty. No. Not possible. Thirty four. I'm not even thirty five yet. Let's not push it. Come oh jeez. You got plenty of time. Let's see. Felix asks, who is more of a little brother to you? Is it Kevin Bailey or Austin Morley? Oh, man. Well, they're a package deal, aren't they? Apparently. I mean, if they weren't a package deal, Pony Coach might still exist. Um, no, I. Uh, if I have to pick one, it's probably Austin because Austin lives on this side of the state and I hang out with him a lot more, which... Dang. The fa- I mean, a few years ago when I first met those two, I didn't think I'd ever hang out with them. I, you know, funny how that works out. <laughs> oh, rest in peace Kevin can't be the favorite there can be only one my wife likes Austin better too so he's got the leg up there oh yeah can't beat that um Hunter asked really state of the next pair of Aristumpos so is there a story behind that or you gotta talk to my PR team on that one <laughs> fair enough no we I'm sure there'll be new ones I, are you familiar with the Aristumpos no, I was just gonna ask uh, is there something rock? No, I'm just kidding I have a pair of gray New Balance shoes, and at first they were called the Dad 2.0s, um, and then they just kind of took on a life of their own, and now like, I'm, I've become synonymous with New Balance in the dodgeball community. That's <laughs> Kevin made a whole post about it in Dodgeball Family, tagged the shoe, and Kevin's head of PR for me. <laughs> oh man, you guys are ridiculous. Um Alex Watkins asks, have you put the cornhole trophy on your mantle yet? And and I tagged a picture. I'm right, I did. So cornhole, huh? Is that pretty big over there? Or Yeah, Alex's family had a cornhole tournament last weekend. He invited me over to it, and uh, we did a big double elimination tournament, and I ended up winning it. Um, beat his dad on his home turf. That's... And so I got the, I got the cool trophy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Do you need any other reason to to showcase that? So, being somebody's own dad in his own home turf, that's awesome. Um, Sam Hutter just made a comment. This is my most anticipated interview. Hopefully, we don't let you down, Sam. Uh, it's been fun so far. Let's see. Kevin said, "Oh my!" That's when I realized I might have messed up because um, that's when the questions just started pouring in. Kevin asks, uh, "Favorite attraction at Disney World or Land?" Probably it's a toss-up between Space Mountain and Expedition Everest. Both great roller coasters. I'm assuming Everest is World. They're both actually. Well, there's a Space Mountain at Disneyland and Disney World. Right. Expedition Everest is at Animal Kingdom. So, yeah. <laughs> Animal Kingdom is, is World though, right? Yes. Okay. Yep, I was like, Florida. I was like, I've never heard of that one. Space Mountain's great. Um, love that one. Let's see. Shadid, how much of your retirement money goes to Disney? <laughs> I fully funded my Roth for 2019 and 2020. So 
none. <laughs> but a lot of my discretionary income goes towards that. We'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Let's see. This should be a good one. Um, maybe catch him. Asks, uh, do you see college dodgeball ever changing to a play style that eases the transition into the next level? Um, next level being USA Tour, Worlds, whatever your next level is. Uh, I don't think they have to. Um, I guess the short answer is no, because they're they've been a longer established league. Um, I'd like to see the two leagues kind of meet in the middle. We talked about my what I thought was kind of my ideal thing, um, where it's like a slightly smaller court than NCDA, bigger than you know Elite or Worlds, um, and so I'd like to see them both kind of migrate towards a more uniform game. Um, I think that's kind of what we're lacking in dodgeball right now. Right. Um, you know, even there's a lot of different, they don't all have to be exactly the same. You know, college basketball has slightly different rules than the NBA, college football, NFL, you know, that's all fine. It's still at the end of the day, the same game. Um, I think some of these different formats between elite, between worlds, between uh, NCDA, they're just all so far apart. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily the NCDA that has to change. It's like, they're a giant member organization geographically they're they're in maybe a smaller part because you could say you know elite the premier league technically covers the entire country you know we've got nor all the four regions but the ncda has got so many members um and they're still trying to grow it um and they i think have a bigger chance to grow than we do um you know we being the premier league elite so i mean do I see them changing? Not necessarily. Um, but I also don't think that they like, they have to do it alone. I think all the leagues should try to get better. And, and I think not I get better was the wrong term, but like get, get closer to uniform and hopefully with one governing body uh, over everybody, maybe, maybe that is what starts to get that. Right. Like I said, I don't, I don't think they have to be the same, uh, but making it closer to make the transition easier like Ketchum said, you know, eases the transition. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I think there's an expectation that the NCDA will naturally conform to Elite or Premier. And that's one thing that I just don't feel is... I was in the same boat. around longer, so I'm not sure why, you know, why can't it go the other way, you know? So it, it shocks me to this day, like how, I don't say underrated, but how unknown or unappreciated the NCDA really is. Um, I... I'd been following it since 2006 because I thought the fact that you guys were put on, I think it was like FX, FS Sports um, broadcasting this stuff. I, I thought that was incredible. And I was really sad that, you know, NCDA hadn't made it all the way out to, to Arizona yet. But it, it's a massive entity and it's, it just has, in my opinion, a system that works really well. And for Elite to spring up after the fact and then expect this massive body of people to transition over to Elite on paper that would make sense from, you know, our perspective, but it, it's hard. Like we kind of talked about earlier where, you know, it's really hard to just expect, you know, all these players to just kind of ditch what they know and play in something completely different. So, yep. I think, um, I, I after talking, especially like, you know, with Felix Moore, Jacob Moore, Kevin, all them, it, it's just, like you said, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't just be NCDA that does the, the conforming here. It's, it's gotta come from both sides. And I think more, towards the uh the premier side just uh an observation there but um 
Paul Hillebrand asks, are you a great dodgeball player or the greatest dodgeballer? <laughs> are you a great dodgeballer oh, or Paul. Well, if I'm answering honestly, probably neither. Mm. You know, I'm just, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm a role player. I know, I know what I am. I know what I add. So. So you're humble as well. That, that's how I took that one. I too am extremely <laughs> humble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Drax. Um, Sorry, I know vanilla answer like that's not going to get the ratings. I should have. And well, we might have to cut that in post. <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Got the timestamp just in case, but uh, I think we'll let it go. Um, Hunter Ford asks, has Wesley Peters successfully radicalized you? Boy, he's trying. He says I we think. are working on what, what does that mean? Um, Wes is a phenomenal follow on Twitter. Um, I think it, it, this is in a political sense that he's trying to <laughs> shift me more to his side. Um, oh, I see. I consider myself pretty centered and I, I want to get into this whole thing, but yeah. So he, he has not quite, quite radicalized me, but you know, progress, right? Sure. Um, Oh man, I'm fighting the urge to to pry on that one. Maybe I'll follow him on Instagram and we can touch base another time. <laughs> uh, let's see. Now, Wes isn't the one you want to follow on Instagram. Well, no, he he's got yeah. No, his Twitter, his Twitter's fun at times though. I'm still slow to get anyway. on the the Twitter, the Twitter thing. But um, probably should do that more, especially with the at least for the Dodgeball Podcast handle. But um. So Hunter Ford, we kind of covered this question, but I just wanted to let them know that we, we did address it earlier. And that was, um, if you're building your own pro league from scratch, what are some of the big rules formatting you'd have in place? Um, so if you missed that one, just go back earlier to, well, I guess depending on how this is, if you're listening to the segment of this, go to the full interview towards the beginning. Uh, you cover that one. For, let's see the next I'd probably get rid of co-ed too, if I'm being honest. Oh, now we got to go there. Uh, explain. Oh, I went there. Um, I just... I, I don't think there's a place for it. I don't like it. I don't, um, you know, we, we've been called the only true co-ed sport and I think that's just forced. Um, if I'm building like the biggest and best league, I I'm going to have like a men's league and a women's league, and they're going to be the best at each of their respective leagues, you know, but I don't think that there's reason to force them together. Um, I just it's it's never i've never played it really um and so people be like well see you've never played it you don't really have an opinion on it but i've watched enough of it and watched the way that those games play out sometimes and how honestly you know with the old 4-2 format we haven't really gotten into the 3-3 yet um and i maybe that changes it for the better that was our hope um obviously we we don't actually get to see that in practice yet but um it, it was a for the most part, it was like a four on two game, or I mean, sorry, four on four until the men were gone. And then it just turned into, you know, and I don't know, I, I would sit there and watch and I was like, is this fun for everybody involved? Like it, not everybody's even getting involved in the game. I would be bored. Um, it, you know, a lot of people are going to have hurt feelings over that and, you know, but there, <laughs> there's just a different level of, I'm sorry, there's a different level of men versus women there. And so I just, I don't think that co-ed needs to be forced and I don't think it's necessary. I think you want all the best men playing against the best men and you want all the best women playing against the, the best women and you leave it at that. 
Hmm. It's funny you said like, well, I don't really have that much of experience and that's why people are going to maybe pick that apart. So I won't. Um... I've at least taken the time to sit there and, and like watch it. And I've watched the high level games at nationals when we get down to the final few teams and stuff. And it's like, it, it, it's like there's, it's a team of two versus a team of two and a team of four against a team of four on the same court. Basically it turns into like, um, you know, and part of it was we wanted it to feel more equal and we wanted like the women to get more involved. And we thought, you know, three on three, and then you immediately had detractors saying, well, do you think that's going to change it? No, it's just going to be like the three men are going to take all the balls early now. And that's just how that's going to be where instead of four, it's now it's three. And I just remember like watching some teams where it's like, there'll be four players left on one side, two men, two women, that side will have four balls. Each guy takes two balls a piece and the women are just sitting back there. And I'm like, it looks bad for the sport. Like maybe that's their strategy and everybody's okay with it. And, you know, I hope that, but from my observation, I'm like, is that fun for them? Is that like, are they feeling involved? Is this how, you know, and like I said, people probably get upset with me for saying that, or, or it might come off as misogynist, but you got like, this is somebody who's watching it from a spectator standpoint and saying like, look how bad this looks. Right. So, you know, maybe I'd feel different if I played it. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out next year. Probably not. <laughs> well, devil's advocate, and I, because I'm trying to look at it through your point of view, because again, very West Coast bias. We have a ton of very competitive women players that co ed is huge here. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, it's a no brainer to say, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's just as fun as playing any other division. Um, trying to see it through your side, though. Because there are, you know, women players that get tossed to the wayside. Some are still kind of just there because they're the gender requirement. And if you're looking at this purely from a spectator appeal, now you're kind of taking out foam because in your opinion, you want people to get cracked, you know, hit really hard, keep the 8.5 balls in. And even said earlier, you know, you want, you would like to speed up the way the NCAA is played so that there's just more action when you have people sitting camping out in the back line waiting for a catch or waiting to retrieve a ball and give it to their throwers um i can kind of see where you're coming from and it's not really a cop out but it's gonna sound like one i, I would think just in the for the sake of time we might just leave it at that um i don't want to challenge fine. it too much like i said that's my you know because this question came from your ideal league and your you know if i'm starting a league that i want to become like the NFL of dodgeball. I want it to be the tops. I think you have men's, you have women's. It's like NBA, WNBA, rec league, lower tier leagues, things like that. Fine. Have it. That's okay. But, you know, I mean, we have rec leagues, plenty of rec leagues all over the country, co-ed dodgeball, co-ed softball, co-ed kickball, co-ed basketball, all that kind of stuff. At the highest level, professional level, where is it like truly mixed like that? Like it's not because there's a different playing field. Um, and just forcing it together doesn't mean that it's right. And it, it's like the best format. So that's just how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. For usual, if anybody wants to challenge that, I mean, I'll, I'll ask Felix for your address and, and send the mail there, but, uh, or we'd always talk about it in a separate episode. Um, yeah, that, that, that whole, that whole thing is, I mean, we, we, I've talked about that, you know, with, uh, with Jenny and Amanda trying to pick their brain a little bit. But that's definitely just a whole nother conversation. So to 
to kind of continue. We could probably go in. You could put a panel together and talk for three hours about that. Oh, easily. Um, and we might if the people want it. Um, maybe they want to hear that more over, you know, this hypothetical birthday team that's playing against each other. But uh, we'll move on to the next question, and that is uh, Felix again. If your career made you move out of the North region, which region would you prefer to move to and play in? Um. Well, I said I, I thought West Coast, but that's just because I would assume that if I'm moving somewhere for my career, it's going to be like Southern California. So, um, so I got to say the West so I can live in SoCal. Fair. Then your co-ed opinion might change. No, I'm just kidding. Nope, uh, they'll have somebody who can help run the tournament because he'll be on the sidelines the entire time for that. Yeah, West Coast, best coast. Um, Shoot, you know what? I just realized I did play co-ed no sting at nationals in 2018. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. I definitely like, I had a good time. Uh, everybody contributed because I don't think we were one of those ego teams that was just like, I need to have all the balls because I'm a guy. Um, we were like, no, spread it around and we had fun with it. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, if I'm building my ideal league, it's because it's going to be like the best league in the country. And I'm trying to be on the level of the big four sports. And so I wouldn't see it at that level ever. Yeah, that's fair. Last word on that. It's <laughs> <laughs> my fault for chilling you last second. Um, Hunter Ford asks, what are the secrets to balancing a polygamous relationship between dodgeball and Jen? That's actually, I feel like it's a good question. Alex Watkins says Disney, but how, how do you... He's not wrong. Yeah, how, how do you do that? Um, how do you balance dodgeball and keeping the family happy? Uh, well, I... I think my wife has been, uh, you know, very, um, understanding and she knows how much I like it and how much I care about it and put into it. So, um, she kind of just lets me have it. You know what I mean? She's like, that's your thing. That's what you love to do. And if it makes you happy, then it makes me happy that you're happy. So I'm like, great. And you know, she kind of just lets me do it. And then, yeah, I spoil her with Disney vacations <laughs> to make up for it. That is not only awesome, but I feel like that's a fair trade-off because um, you also benefit from that as well. So well done. Bingo. Um, this is a really important one. Um, I'm actually curious now. What are your opinions on pancakes? Elite breakfast food. I skip the butter. I only use syrup. I think putting butter on pancakes is just lame. Wow. I mean, you had me just, with the co-ed. flapjacks and syrup. Just, oh, man. No, no butter at all, huh? No butter at all. I mean, if they're made well enough, they don't necessarily need butter, but I mean... Yeah, man, they're like good and fluffy and, you know, it's it's all good. Okay, I guess it depends on how well they're made. Fair. Um, let's see. I don't know if this is a troll. Oh, okay, it was, uh, was not. Uh, Alex Watkins, what were your predictions for cracking going into the season? Well, freaking finally, uh, you know, we were returning everybody. So I think we were, you know, we were looking for big things. Um you know, I think uh, our ceiling, you know, top three in, in both divisions in the North when everything shook out, um, I think we have that good of a team. So, I mean, you guys were always part of the, the discussion in the recaps. So just kind of going off of last year, I think that'd be fair to say we've seen you maybe top three. I think year two with this roster now, um, like we came together better. Um, so I think, yeah, year two with this group playing together, we could have taken a leap. 
because outside of myself and Paul, we got a pretty young team too. And, and um, collectively, you know, outside of me, Paul and Connor, like the, the three cracking OGs that are left, like there wasn't a whole lot of elite experience on our team up and down. Um, and we did, you know, we picked up Drew mid season and he was a game changer for us. Um, you know, but some of our youngest guys and our newest members collectively didn't have a ton of elite experience and they were only going to get better. So we'll see 20 on to 2021, I guess. Yeah. And kind of like you said earlier, I mean, you have, we've all had a chance to not only save money, pick up additional skills. I forgot who put that um, post on what have have been doing in the absence of dodgeball, but also healing and hopefully conditioning for 2021. So I guess, uh, We'll find out next year. Um, got to backtrack real quick. Uh, Felix said um, online to tell you that he eats pancakes dry. No syrup, no butter. So this man is something else. Bold. I, I kind of respect it. Yeah. Not going to mess with that one. That speaks to how, like, he's kind of crazy, right? He's a crazy person. Yeah, so I'm just going to let it go. because he, he eats pancakes dry. Yeah. And considering he figured out where you guys are staying Airbnb-wise, I want to stay on his good side, so I'm not going to touch that one. Um, speaking of Felix, I like, I like this one a lot. Uh, when you can't sleep at 2 a.m., which embarrassing, regrettable moment from your childhood plays through your mind over and over? Well, it's, you know, unlike most people, I think most of the dumb or embarrassing, regrettable moments have happened in adulthood, um, unfortunately. And so there's a myriad of them and just depends. I, I got too many to count that, you know, if I wake up in the middle of the night, all of a sudden I'll start thinking about it. And then two hours later, I maybe fall back asleep finally. Yeah, good old insomnia and regrets. Uh, Rebecca Chappelle asks, uh, what's your squatting nowadays? I'll let her know in a couple of weeks at the end of this cycle. I'm in the middle of a cycle, and I lost some gains from from not being able to squat heavy during COVID. Fair. Felix, do you crumple or fold? Crumple. <laughs> Why? What does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, he's talking about toilet paper. I'm assuming you, oh. you just crump, you just waddle it up and crumple it up, or do you you fold it and make a nice square? It's, I just whoosh, pull it off, crap, crumple, go. Oh, you are made of chaos, sir. You know what? Listen, everybody says if you crumple, you're gonna clog. Well, I don't clog, so we, we're good. I tempt fate every time. I, you dance a, a thin line. Um, Wow. Crumple. Opinion goes up and down with you. It just changes all over the place. <laughs> Don't know how to react. Um, and that's why I even to preface the interview, like, how do I approach this? I don't know if I called you a monster, but how do I approach Tony? Is it 1v1 or 2v1? But, uh, man. If you're like Glenn, you just don't approach me at all. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we had to have this conversation, so. Let's see. I think this is where I was going to... No, not yet. Um, Hunter Ford, is cereal considered a soup? And are hot dogs considered a sandwich? Cereal is not a soup and hot dog is not a sandwich. Fair. Thought I'd stoke Hunter with the... Uh, he trying to start a war, but he didn't bite. You were going to do a taco pizza thing, weren't you? Yeah, so what is that? What would you choose? God. Pizza. Mm, good man. Tacos are great, but pizza. Yeah. All right, man. We're almost we're almost through the the gauntlet here. Um, Kevin asks to rank your five fast food chains. 
So I'll probably get tore apart for number one. I'm throwing McDonald's in at number one. I just sometimes, man. It's Mickey D's, man. McDonald's burger and French fries is just, it hits differently. Um, I like Arby's, um, <clears throat> Chick-fil-A, uh, White Castle, and Taco Bell. McDonald's, Arby's, low-key mentioned Chick-fil-A. What was it then? White Castle? Strictly for the chicken. Strictly, we're, we're totally talking chicken only here. Yep. Now I get my beef with them as well. Uh, what was the fifth one? White Castle. Uh, what was four? I'm sorry. White Castle was four. Okay, fifth. What was the fifth one? Taco Bell. Taco Bell. I haven't had Taco Bell in a long time, but man, I used to get down on some nachos Bel Grande. There is a meme floating out there that says, like, I once saw a guy getting Taco Bell, and I just wanted to ask him, hey, man, whatever you're going through, I hope you come out okay. And I felt that because in my lowest moments, I will get Taco Bell because nothing else can help. And uh, I hear around the Mickey D's, too. I mean, that's been a staple of our childhood, so... Oh yeah, it's got a hold. Do you have a uh, top five TV shows that Felix would like to know? Um, yeah, I should have thought more about this one. Um, so my top five are probably The Office, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, um, Parks and Rec, Saturday Night Live. Hmm. What are your thoughts on SNL? Have they lost their touch? Actually, you know what? Walking Walking Dead would be up there because that's like my one of my all-time favorites. Although I, I'm not caught up with the latest season because I got behind and then they weren't available on demand. So it's a whole thing. Hmm. Yeah, they lost me after uh, season 1.5. Uh, I just couldn't. I need, I need closure. I, I can't hang with seasons that are longer than three or four or, yeah. or shows that are past three or four seasons. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on SNL lately? Uh, you know, I like it. I think this, you know, this happens with every generation, every single generation of SNL says, oh, this current cast sucks. The old cast was great. You know, it happened in the 90s when Farley Spade, Sandler, those guys were on there. They said they sucked and, you know, you know, it wasn't good because, um, Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo were gone. And then after those guys left, like at the beginning of like the Farrell, O'Terry, Chris Kattan years, Daryl Hammond, like they sucked and you know, Oh, Farley and those guys were legends. Well, look, look at what Will Ferrell's done with his career since then. And he's regarded as one of the best ever saying, you know, every, every current cast while they're on the show is just the worst. And then once they're done, it's like you take for granted what you have. I think SNL is still great. I think they hit, did a really good job during COVID to produce a couple of episodes, um, from home. That was really cool. Um, and I think there's there's some talent on the show right now for sure. Yeah. And so I, much of it, I mean, so much of it comes down to the writing anyway. So, you know. Th- there have been some skits where I've, I've just lost it. Um, I loved Adam Driver when he was on. Um, dude, he's, he might be one of the best hosts. Oh, dude, the, and he, the career day. Career, if you haven't seen this, everybody listening – just go SNL career day on YouTube. It's Adam driver is an old oil baron. It yeah, I was is, just going to quote that. Oh man. It, it was literally it. Well, they ranked it even like watch Mojo had it the number two sketch of the decade for the 2010s. <laughs> like it was so good. He's such a good host. Look at your father, boy. Look at me. Yeah. That... <laughs> what does an oil baron do? You crush your enemies. 
Yeah, I could quote that for the rest of the episode, so I won't. But that is a great one. Um, I was going to mention the one where he's a sportscaster and uh, the the car the the Green Bay quarterback got his knees buckled because he got hit so hard. Yeah, I lost it. I was I was crying. I was laughing for a good half hour, just nonstop, and I was just like, I don't know why this is so so dang funny. But um, yeah, anytime Adam drives on, it's it's going to be great. So they they do have yeah. their. They're good ones. A lot of it does come down to the hosts, honestly. Um, there, there's good hosts and bad hosts. Some some hosts they get, it's like they're hard to work with. Not that they're like hard to work with, but like they just weren't meant for comedy. And some of the sketches just kind of fall flat. Um, but a good host can really carry an episode. Yeah. One more on SNL. Did you see that? You saw the cake one, right? The Sonic the Hedgehog demon cake. Uh, with Eddie yes. Murphy. That was like Cake Wars, right? Yeah. Good. Bake Wars. Yeah. God, God, that was... Oh, man. I was thinking about that today, actually. Um, yeah, there's still some good ones. And I, I love I love SNL. It's like one of those things you just... It, you have to have it. Like, we, we can't ever not have that show. It just has to be part of the... In the background. But um, back to the questions. Kevin Bailey asked, if you had to run one mile, eat one hot dog, and drink one beer every hour on the hour, how many hours could you go before collapsing or puking? I feel like five to six, maybe if I just go nice and easy on the run, hot dog really isn't that much beer. If it's a light beer, you know, um, I could still give myself like time to like sip a water in between. I mean, the biggest thing is I'm going to be peeing a lot cause I'm going to try to get a water in there, but I'm going to say six tops. Dang. I like how you thought these out. Definitely. Uh, appreciate the, the good sportsmanship here. <laughs> Um, three more, uh, Felix asks, do you believe in ghosts? No. We'll leave it at that. Cause I want to sleep tonight. I'm already going to be thinking about aliens. Um, Kevin Bailey, who was your first celebrity crush? Uh, he wants to mention that you're so old. He probably has never heard of them, but regardless, he's curious. Alicia Silverstone. That's fair. Oh yeah. Clueless. And she was in the, uh, Aerosmith video. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Batgirl, Batwoman. Yep. Yep. She was the one for me in the 90s. Lucky girl. Um, all right. So Kevin Bailey had asked me to, um, he says, I'd been requested by a few ind- individuals to send this to me privately. I asked if I could sort him or um, cite him. He said yes. So oh boy. U- usually when people ask me anonymous questions, I, I honor it. So um, unless they say otherwise. But he asks, um, which of your cracking teammates do you predict will be the next to leave you to join Dynasty? God, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, none. None. They're with us. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, Kevin, I blindsided him. Kevin. <laughs> You're welcome, Kevin. So that wraps up the uh, the crowdsource questions. Um so huge thank you to everyone that submitted questions and um i forgot i think it was hunter ford that actually suggested i do this with some of the interviews where they go they tend to go a little bit longer and most people would like to hear just a certain uh segment so between the initial getting to know the player to the crowdsource questions to the final thoughts and serious tone towards the end uh, more, more or less looking at doing it that way so if you enjoyed this, if you appreciate it, just fast forwarding to or having the option to fast forward to the crowdsource questions, let me know and I'll, and I'll keep that going. 
and I'm more than happy to go back to previous interviews and, and hash those out as well. So if you wanted to hear the full interview, that's going to be, that should be live already. So, um, I strongly recommend it. Um, talking to Tony has been a blast, so check it out. In the meantime, have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. So, um, next we'll do <clears throat> the opening and closing just for the Q&A. So, opening for Q&A in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and uh, how do I do it?